You are listening to Teacher Talk Tuesdays with Dr. Yvonne, author of Look Who's Talking and countless other educational materials. This podcast is a safe place for teachers to share their incredible stories, struggles, and triumphs. The educational system as we know it has changed, but no worries, Dr. Yvonne is here to help. Now, here's your host, Dr. Yvonne. Hello, hello, everyone. How are you? This is your girl, Dr. Yvonne, the teacher that talks. I am here. I am trying to stream live on my YouTube from my Zoom because I wanted to do something different. I wanted y'all to see me. I wanted y'all to be able to interact with me. And hopefully we can do this and you can want to join in and I can send you the link and maybe we can do some interviews on here and have more people on here other than just me. And y'all can see us and see me while I'm talking. So I'm hoping that this works. My first time, you know, trial and error, we got to see what happens. But I am excited about this. I'm excited about being here. I'm excited that you are here listening to my podcast about teachers that talk, dealing with issues that people don't want to talk about. And today, I just want to talk about testing. I want to talk about the spring semester and what that looks like. Because I don't know if you know, but in school, all the teaching is being taught from August to December. Everything that needs to be taught that they need to know is being taught between August and September. So if they miss out on any of that, it's going to be hard to pull that back. So right now, what we're doing starting in January is we're preparing kids for testing. That's what we're doing. That's all we do in in the spring semester is test. We have practice tests. We have district tests. We have standard tests. We have unit tests. All we're doing is testing. They have tail pass tests. They have star prep tests. Everything is about testing and getting them ready. And everything that they need to know, they should have been taught by December. Because if they don't know it by now, it's going to be hard trying to get them to learn it. Because they say it takes 70 times to be able to create a a habit, right? So if it takes 70 times to create a habit, when we look at what we're doing right now and where the students are, do they really have time to be able to get that 70 times in practicing something? It's going to be difficult. It's going to be tight, but it's, it, you know, it can be done, but it's going to be tight. It's going to be a tight squeeze trying to get all of that in before testing. I'm telling you, this is not my first rodeo. This is not my first time having to come into a district and, and take on a class at the second semester after everything should have been taught and it wasn't taught. It's difficult to try to get students where they need to be because they, they, they haven't had time. They haven't had the discipline. They haven't been doing what they needed to do. So basically what we've been doing right now is trying to prepare them for the star test. And it is difficult to prepare them for the star test. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of reasons why. One, because the students have missed out. Well, at least for me, the students that I'm working with, they've missed out on education since August to September. They've had a sub. They've had a sub. So they've missed out on the things that they needed to get. Sometimes it was there. Sometimes it wasn't. Kids didn't take it seriously seriously they didn't put forth their best effort and now we're seeing what happens when you don't put forth your best effort put forth your best effort the tongue twisted so you know things are lacking right now so now we're trying to play catch up we're trying to fix what they're where they're lacking and it's taking some time to do that and then the other thing is the star redesign they have a new test they have redesigned the star test for our students, which is, it's fine, but now we got to try to get them ready for 
that test. We've been getting them ready for pencil and paper. Now everything is online. Everything's online. We have to now teach them how to highlight using the computer, using the, the tools on the computer. We don't have time to teach that in the classroom. So when are they going to get these skills? But they tell them that this stuff is available. There's a calculator available on the computer for them to use when they're testing. When have we taught them how to use a calculator? See, we have to understand that tools are only as good as the user. And if you haven't taught them how to use these tools, they're not going to know how to use them. It's just going to be sitting there and they're going to be using them incorrectly. And I kid you not, I taught math and kids, the, and, and the math and reading and writing, same thing. The way you talk is the way you will write. So when we don't teach our students good, gr correct grammar, and we don't teach our students proper sentence structure, and we don't teach them that they a sentence starts with a capital letter and ends with a punctuation mark. No, you don't go around talking like that saying, ooh, capital T, the T-H-E, you know, spelling out stuff when you're speaking. No, I'm not saying you have to do that. But we have to be able to let our students know where these things take place. Even when using proper nouns, when using people's names, students don't capitalize their own names when they're writing. So where do we miss out on that one? Where do we miss out on teaching them how to capitalize proper nouns? A specific person, place, or thing. A name is a proper noun. It has to be capitalized. The word I is a proper pronoun that has to be capitalized at all times. Our students are not doing that. They are still struggling with that. Students are not doing that. And when we did our interim study on the, the STAR test and what they did to see where they would fall and where they would, would lie as far as if they took it that day, where would they be? And a lot of my students, the biggest issue that they had was grammar and sentence structure. But we don't teach that anymore. It's not taught. You're teaching them reading and literature and reading strategies, but you're not teaching them how to write. Yes, they're reading complete sentences. Yes, they're reading compound sentences. Yes, they're reading sentences that have commas and quotation marks. But if you do not teach them what that stuff is, they can look at it all day long and never be able to get it right on a test. And that has been the problem. We have not taught the English language. We have not taught them grammar. We have not taught them structure. So when it comes time for them to do what they need to do, it's not being done. It's not being done. So we have to be able to show them how to do that. It's not happening. I'm looking at my students writing. I have some students who read at an eighth, ninth, 10th grade level in fourth grade, comprehend, can answer the question, can go back, find the evidence, all of that good stuff. But guess what? If I ask them to write a written response about it, they can't do it. They give me maybe two, three sentences and think they're done. I can't get them to write a paragraph because they don't know how to put what they're saying into writing. They can find the evidence, they can read it, they can find it, they can speak on it, we can have conversations conversations about it but as soon as I ask them to write it they struggle it's not there the skill to write is not there the thought process on how you get to that point is not there I remember in Illinois teaching um, I taught language arts and I taught writing 
language arts and writing is what I taught. I taught them how to use the English language. I taught them how to use subject verb agreement, predicates, adverbs, adjectives, nouns, pronouns, all of that stuff. I taught all of that. Exclamation, compound sentence, simple sentence, run on sentence, all of that I taught. And in the meantime, and in teaching them that, they were able to write because now we have to take that and transfer that into the writing process. Now that you've learned the English language, let's put it to practice. Why do I need to know this? Because now you have to write it. I remember teaching the five paragraph essay. We don't do that anymore. Now all they have to do is a beginning, a middle and an end. And it has to make sense. It has to flow. As long as it continues to go, it has to flow. That's fine. That was good. I was okay with that. Because you can get some substantial evidence and information in a beginning, middle, and end paragraph. You can. But now, all they want you to do is give an answer and evidence. And they're only reading it, the written responses, they're only reading it in 90 seconds. I went to a training on the new star and the gentleman told us how they grade the writing process. They're not looking for a five paragraph essay. They're not looking for sentence structure. They're not looking for capitalization and punctuation. They're not looking to see if things are spelled correctly. On the writing portion, and he informed us that he gets paid for every writing, writing prompt that he gets to read. The more he grades, the more he gets paid. So he asked, how long do you think it takes me to read a, write, a written response? And it was like, you know, maybe a minute you're reading the answer and then the evidence, right? And he was like 90 seconds. It's about a minute and a half, 90 seconds. So do you really think they're looking for sentence structure? if they capitalize something, if they spelled it correctly, if there's punctuation marks? Nope. He says he's looking for an answer and evidence to support that answer. That's it. We have gone from writing a five paragraph essay to just writing an answer and evidence. And we wonder how we, wh why our students can't write. Because it takes me more time to read your wrong, your wrong work and try to correct your spelling than it does for me just to read over and say, oh, okay, here it is, it's good, you're good, we'll give it a four because you gave me an answer and you gave me evidence to support your answer. Was that evidence in the text? How do you know it was in the text? Did you read it? These are the concerns I have about our students in the writing process. Now, granted on the star, there's passages on there where they have to find what's incorrect in the sentence. They have to be able to take two sentences and put them together to make one sentence. But in the writing process, the writing prompt, all they're looking for is an answer and evidence. So how are we preparing our babies to be able to write if they do not know how to identify when a sentence is incorrect? because you're not grading them on that until they take the written part. 
their passages in the star where students have to be able to identify what's wrong with the sentence. They have to be able to identify what needs to be capitalized in a sentence. What's in here that's correct? Which sentence is, is, is written correctly? Well, guess what? If you haven't taught them how to look at and identify and write correct sentences, how are they going to be able to identify one? We're revamping the star to be able to mimic what students are doing in the classroom. Are we really? Because I haven't had time to sit down and teach my students what a complete sentence looks like, how to write a compound sentence, how to write a sentence with series using a series of commas and words to take out the unnecessary words and narrow it down to a smaller sentence where you can still convey the same message, but not use as many words. I haven't had time to teach that, but yet it's tested on STAR. I've tried to give them the DOL in the morning, my daily oral language, where they have to fix a sentence. What's in here that's wrong? How to fix a, um, what is it, salutation? How to fix an address? Abbreviations. These are things that I was taught when I was growing up. These are things that I taught when I, was, when I start, first started teaching. These are things that are no longer being taught in the educational system that's gonna cause our students to fail. The writing process is very important. And it's not just about writing a, a paper, revising, editing, and giving a final copy. That's not all it is to the writing process. If we teach our students first how to write sentences and give them good sentence structure, they won't have to do so many revisions to a paper. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I truly believe in what I'm saying. We need to go back to the basics, the basics, basic reading, writing, and arithmetic. How is it that we have fourth graders that do not know how to write a complete thought? that they do not know that subject and verb have to agree, that they do not know what an adjective is, that they can't identify what a personal pronoun is. That's a problem. But they can read, that, oh, they can read at a high level. They can comprehend at a high level, but they can't transition that into writing. And STAR is going to be having writing on it this year. So parents, we need to get our students up to par. They need to be writing more sentences. They need to be looking at more correct structure on how to write a sentence. These are things that, that bother me with the educational system. We take out things and we keep taking out things, but there are things that need to happen. You include English, language, and reading all in one. Those are different subjects. They say, if you can read, you can write, not so. But if you can write, you can read. So let's help our students be able to write because they're gonna need that more so than they will anything else. Our students are always wondering, how does this connect? How does this make sense? How does this work? We don't do cross-curricular. If we did problem-based education, students would understand how this stuff works. When I was in Illinois, we did problem-based. When I taught eighth grade, I taught, we did an economic project. 
It was curriculum. It was a cross curriculum. They had to do reading, writing, math, research. They had to do all of that. They had to come up with a job that they wanted to do. Not only did they come up with a job, but then they had to research how they were going to do that job. They had to research what it was they, they wanted to do, what education they needed, how much schooling they had to have, what it was going to cost them to go to college to get that job, to get that degree, to be able to get the job, the best place to live, to be able to make the best money with that job. They had to do all of that research. But then not only that, but they had to decide, okay, where are you going to live? How are you going to spend your money? Have a budget. Are you going to have a car? You going to drive? You, you, you going to ride the bus, the train? Are you going to ride a bike? What is your mode of transportation going to be? What is that going to cost you? How much money do you think you're going to spend on entertainment, going out with your friends? How much are your bills going to cost? Find out where you're going to live, apartment, a flat, two-bedroom apartment, one-bedroom apartment, a loft, a townhome a condo, a house. What do you plan on living in? How much is that going to cost you? How much are the utilities? Are they included in the rent? How much are food? is food, your groceries? Oh, you're going out to eat. Okay, how much is that going to cost you per day? If you get a car, now you got to have insurance. So you got to make sure you have that insurance payment. See, all of that stuff, life skills, they had to know. And students learned a lot and they understood what it was that they needed to do. We teach things in isolation and the students don't understand why they need to know it. I never knew or never thought in a million years that I would be a reading teacher or an English teacher or have my own publishing company, publishing books, writing books, and being a published author. No one ever told me in English that if I learned how to write, that I could actually make money editing someone else's work. I tell my students all the time, find something you love to do and find a way to get paid doing it. Well, guess what? I have found a love for writing and I can get paid doing it. I can read your stuff, edit it, and, but the only way you can edit it is if you understand the English language and grammar. Our students don't know that. So they don't know that they can edit someone else's paper and tell them where they made their mistakes grammatically and have them fix it and get paid to do that. I learned that. So I can do that. But we don't teach our kids that. What do they want to be? Okay, you want to be an architect. Well, guess what? You're going to have to understand fractions, angles, geometry, trigonometry, all of that stuff you're going to need to understand. You might even need to know some science because you're going to need to know what chemicals that you need to put in there to make sure everything is put together. What kind of, you know, steel, metal, aluminum? How are you putting the pipes in? All of this stuff is things that they're going to need to know if that's a field they want to go into. Who knows? They might want to be a cook. They might want to go into the culinary arts. Well, guess what? You're going to have to know fractions so you can do measurements. We don't want you putting the wrong amount of food in something. If you want to be a nurse or a doctor, you have to learn measurements so you can measure medicine. There's a reason behind the skills that we're teaching our students, but we don't make those connections for them. What is it that you want to do? Start planning for your life now. Start planning for your future. Get good at what it is you need to do now so you can be the best you can be when you get older. We need to stop letting our kids think, oh, all I want to do is go into the NFL. I want to play for the play in the NBA. Well, guess what? 
it's a whole bunch of other people out there that's probably better than you that want to do that too. But you got to work hard. And you also got to have good grades. How are you going to read the contract? How are you going to sign the contract if you don't know how to write your name and sit in, in cursive? Because we took that out of the curriculum as well. Oh, yes, our kids have writing books. They do. I've seen them. But how often do they get to use them? Because the only thing we focus on is reading and math. Why? Because that's the only thing that's being tested. They're not testing your handwriting. They're not testing you knowing how to write your signature. The other thing, our kids don't know how to tell digital clocks that have made our kids obsolete when it comes to being able to tell time. They can't look at a clock and tell what time it is. Social studies is not being taught, so they don't even understand time zones. Oh my God, let's not even go there. <laughs> time zones? What, what is that? No. They don't understand that. But we have to prepare our students for the future. And they're not prepared. We need to go back to the basics. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. We need to teach our kids the basics and what they need to know to be able to get them where they need to be. Yeah, it's, it's a done deal. We got to get them back to the basics. We need to make sure they know everything they need to know to be ready for the next level. It's not just about reading and math. It's not just about test scores. Because see, my thing is, is when you learn something, when you know it, you know it, just like your phone number. If you know your phone number, you know your phone number. No one can tell you your phone number is not your phone number if you know it. That's knowledge. That's the way we need to be teaching our students. We need to teach them to be able to retain knowledge. We shouldn't be teaching to the test every year. We shouldn't be reteaching the same concepts every year. If we're teaching them for knowledge, purposes for them to hold on to it and to have it you know what you know and can't nobody take that from you but when we're just teaching for them to pass a test we have to reteach it every year my thing is is teach them a strategy on how to do something and they'll learn it and they'll know it and that strategy doesn't change the race strategy the rewrite answer the question get evidence citation I'm sorry, read, rewrite the answer, restate the question. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, restate the question, answer the question, cite your evidence and explain it. I don't care what question you get, that process is never going to change and it's going to work every time. But in order to use it, you have to know it. These are the things we need to be teaching our students, things that they can, that can stick with them, that they know and once they know it, they can keep going. Hmm. Malcolm X said it best. Knowledge is power. They don't want us to have knowledge because we'd have too much power. You know what? That's my time. That's, I, I, that's it for me. Teacher Talk Tuesday. Your girl, Dr. Yvonne. Thank you for joining me. And I hope to see you next time. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed Teacher Talk Tuesdays with Dr. Yvonne.
Tune in next time for more incredible stories, struggles, and triumphs.